Hello, friends. This is an interview that I did with Orlin Cohen, who grew up in the Holdeman Mennonite Church and participated in the documentary Holdeman. And uh, this is an extended interview for those who want to know a little bit more about what growing up in that particular church was like. And I'll have some more interviews uh, coming out, Lord willing, later this week. My name is Orlin Cohen. And I was part of the Holdeman structure for 32 years, having been born there and raised in the home of a pastor or a minister, as they call it. And it was in 1976 when we were disfellowshipped from the Holdeman Church. As is typical of uh, a lot of pastors' kids or PKs, there are crazy expectations that are unrealistic. Uh, and that was part of my experience, too. But it wasn't in a way that was like a heavy burden on me. Actually, I grew up having a good time. I uh, had a lot of friends because the way I'm wired and put together, uh, sort of extroverted guy. And uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of good times uh, as a teenager and young, young adult. And uh, I left my home area, Kansas, and went to California in 1965 and got married to my wife in 1966. There's uh, this uh, real strong family feeling, you know, uh, because of the way that they do church. Uh, hmm. It was just, I don't know, it, it felt warm and generally warm. And uh, I, I knew that people cared for me and loved me. And I, I grew up knowing that from my parents as well. Uh, it was uh, generally a positive thing to see my dad serve. He was a he was a minister in the church uh, already when I was like eight or nine years old, I think it was, when he accepted that ordination. Uh, so it was, my, my parents were hospitable by, by reason of his position, <laughs> their position. So uh, we had a lot of people over. Well, it was back in the early 70s, mid-70s, when uh, there was a desire by the uh, ministerial people in the leadership in the Holman Church, they wanted to uh, reinforce, if you would, or re-emphasize their understanding that they gained through John Holman about the Church of God in Christ Mennonite being the one true visible church. And Grace and I had moved to a church plant by her uncle in Greeley, Colorado, and he didn't necessarily see it that way, even though he that was uh, somewhat against some of his peers. And so as a result, in his pastoring, we were encouraged to have home Bible study groups, which we did for many years, actually, in our home. And it was in that process initially that as we studied the scriptures about their understanding of that doctrine that they hold to, uh, we came to discover that it doesn't check out according to the scriptures. The one true church doctrine. Yeah, right. So, they annually have revival meetings, and it's a time where the church uh, is, the attempt is made to purify the church. And first of all, it's kind of said as we bring us closer to God, but it has also purification kind of feel to it. And uh, so they made a point of going around to different churches in the constituency to, to review that with people. And when it came our time to be reviewed, we 
felt like we couldn't, we couldn't accept the traditional understanding that we had actually grown up with have, as a result of having studied the scriptures carefully. And so that was the occasion and or the principal reason that we got into a theological debate about that. And of course, if you accept, if you, if you process that scripture, the scriptures they use to support that, that they're the one true visible church, that leads to another question. And that's the question of how are we in fact saved then? Are we saved by justification by faith alone? Or are we saved by belonging to the correct church? So it was on those two points, our, our, what they call our misunderstanding of the one true church doctrine, and also on the doctrine of justification by faith. Um, they said we are in error. And we felt like we couldn't recant. We, well, we had come to understand and, and know based on scripture and, and the freedom we have in Christ, knowing and believing that we're accepted in Him through faith alone, not having to belong to a certain group of fellowship people or Christian people or a certain church. And uh, of course, that resulted in our excommunication. They tried to be gracious. They tried to be uh, kind about it. Uh, but it was like, after all, they, they know what the truth is. And since we didn't embrace that anymore, and had come to a, what they would call a term, a new truth, which they deemed was not really true, uh, you never sort of win in those kind of situations. If, if you're the person that, that is sort of questioning a traditional understanding that ch any church might have, it's usually the the board or, or the, the Pope, if you would, or a group of ministers that can actually uh, behave and conduct themselves like a Pope, even though it might be a group. Y you never win that argument or that discussion is always uh, not in your favor. Well, yeah, John, I don't know a lot about him personally other than bits and pieces that I've gathered by reading bits of his biography or of what others have studied about him. But basic and very simply to say this, uh, is that my understanding is that he left the old, he departed the old Mennonite church was the term of the Mennonite group that he was with. He departed from them uh, on a couple of points. One of them was that he felt like they weren't raising their children in godly ways. The families was in a, uh, a decayed place, so to speak. And uh, they were accepting unconverted people into the church, in his view, uh, people that had not said yes to Jesus Christ, in other words. Uh, those are the two things that I recall being discussed in what I've learned. Um, and then so he departed from them, withdrew from them, even against the counsel of his peers, because he felt like he needed to do that. And uh, we might say he saw himself as somewhat of a mini-reformer. In, in the Protestant circles, in the Protestant world, the evangelical world. Um, so one thing that I recall being sort of uh, trying to driven home to, to me in my time frame as a young adult, that John Holdeman, when he left the old Mennonite church, it was said and he, of him that he took the candlestick of truth with him. and. And he carried, so in other words, true doctrine, true understanding of doctrine continued with him 
into a new environment, a new setting, a setting that he created by, uh, as I mentioned, uh, doing kind of reformation work. I remember seeing charts by uh, ministers that would come around and, and describe and try to define for people how uh, the, the truth of the Church of God, the New Testament Church, made it through history and all the way into the Holderman structure, which we know as the Church of God in Christ Mennonite. Certainly it was a very difficult time, emotionally and, and psychologically, as well as spiritually, because of the negative emotions that rose out of that experience. Certainly it put uh, our relationship with our parents and our siblings in a difficult spot, because for the most part they wanted to be loyal. They chose to be loyal to the Church's uh, sanctions against us. And so, uh, as far as our friends go, yeah, we, uh, yeah, the friends that we had, and we had many friends. We still do for that part, but we're not, we don't have uh, interaction very much these days. But Grace and I both had many friends in the, in the Holderman structure. So, yeah, that, that all changed when you allow that to happen in your life, to be disfellowshipped from that structure because they feel like they need to separate. And even back in the day, that's 40-some years ago, they were very intent on observing the, what they called avoidance, as, as a, as like putting you aside, not sitting you at the same table with them, uh, reaching out a greeting of a handshake that, that represented fellowship to them. And now that fellowship has been broken by them, uh, it puts you in a hard spot with your family. And so some of that has mellowed uh, at this point after 40-some years, as far as that goes. I believe I came to Christ as a 12-year-old lad in, in that structure. I've never doubted that. Uh, my journey, my spiritual journey has been one of growing. Even I'm like going forward in growth and then sometimes backing up. But it's kind of, I see it as a normal Christian walk, even through all of that, you know. And in a sense, God spared us, uh, Christ spared us from, I don't know, getting uh, angry to the point where we actually had murderous attitudes towards our, our, our parents and our, my, our siblings and former friends. Uh, so uh, yeah, I give, I give praise to God for uh, the work of Christ on our behalf and He helps us through these times. And, uh, but it, it, was, it was very difficult and it was difficult for them too, uh, for my parents and my father in particular because he was he chose to be loyal, and he, he's a loyalist at, at heart. I mean, and Grace and I, we tend to be that way ourselves. When we believe in something, we tend to be loyal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, first of all, I'd say uh, I'd encourage you to study the Scripture, or ask the question, have you studied the Scripture carefully on, on the points of doctrine that, that the Church embraces and that they proclaim to you as this is correct in every way? Uh, that's the first thing I'd say. Hey. I encourage you to study the scripture. Take it in your own hands and look at it and study it. Uh, I would also talk and encourage them to think about uh, the freedom we have in Christ. I know that's a dangerous word to use, and, uh, but there's freedom in Christ. Where the Spirit is, there's liberty. And so to be always concerned about setting parameters and fences around their organization and their, their church groups uh, while they have outreaches and they do serve well in the community, but basically you can't, as a, as a believer myself, I could not go there and, and participate in communion with them and share the cup and the bread together. Even though 
when we're at the foot of the cross, we're all standing on level ground. So those are things that I like to talk about, to, uh, not to necessarily try to dismantle their, that doctrine which they have penned in their handbook. God can take care of that. We have to be more basic than that. We say, what does the scripture say? And uh, not just take what you've been told to be it. I think there's quite a few people that are uninformed and rather illiterate about what the scriptures say about some of the things that they hold dear. So there's some starving sheep, perhaps, people that are in Christ, but they're exactly. kind of captive. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of how I saw, would say about myself and Grace is that uh, we got involved even when we were still a whole of the church in a, a non-denominational Christian school. We started to send our, our first kids there. and. And uh, we got involved in the board, serving in the board, and kind of helped open our eyes in addition to the Bible study thing that we had in our home. Hey, there's, there's a lot of people. They're not, they're not just so-called Christians. They are actually people of faith. Yeah. So, so that was an that was impetus to help us make that transition, too, from a rather pre prescribed culture to a culture that's more wide open and more into figuring out what does the word say to you. And it's not that you, you just don't take everything for granted or, or, or that's truth out there, even though it's presented in a way that might sound good. Uh, the same thing that we tried to do by discerning the scriptures inside the Holy Church, now we do it here in, in a culture that we live in. Understanding the grace of God and the free gift of, of salvation in Jesus Christ, how totally free that is to us and how that Jesus as our high priest now, he, he always applies that to us in the, in the life of sanctification. It's not rocket scientist stuff, but it's so simple that it's the profoundness of the simplicity is what kind of screws us up sometimes, I think. We don't understand and appreciate how simple it is and how much God in Christ loves us. So, yeah, the one true church doctrine kind of goes right into that, considering that. The grace of God, the freedom in Christ. Um, because once you, once you come to a place where you see that and you, the, the uh, reticence you might have about being open to other believers falls away, it just opens up a new avenue. Yeah. New avenues in a lot of ways. So yeah, we don't look the same we did 50 years ago. We don't dress the same necessarily. Uh, we still wear clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but that was another thing as far as, you know, it's not a doctrine, but it's a understanding. There are certain kosher ways to dress. Yeah. And, uh, and of course the women bear the brunt of that. Uh, more so than the men. Uh, so the, there are just things like that that just take on a different uh, degree of, of uh, action or a degree of living out. Personally, I just I have a great uh, empathy for anyone that's going through the experience of being disfellowshipped, and uh, uh, yeah, you know, I I just do, and I pray for them when I hear about them, and uh, we pray for them. Um, Again, there's, the grace of God is so immense, and it's, it's, it's broad, it's not narrow. Uh, 
Jesus said, I'm the way to the Father. Uh, and he said, the way is narrow and straight. But the invitation is very broad. Uh, so I would encourage people to search the scriptures. Uh, there is freedom in Christ, and it's not a... It's not a freedom that allows you to do anything you want to do. You're, you're free now to exercise self-control based on what the scriptures say to you in prayer. Uh, and frankly, I'd rather be judged by, as David said, uh, and I'm using my own words, he would rather be judged by Almighty God than a, than a courtroom of his peers. There is life after the Holdeman experience. There is life, real life. And that's not to say they don't have real life. And, but that, when we're put to the test as we were, uh, you, you get on your knees, you search the scriptures, and, and that has positive results to it. It has benefits. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.